opportunity to give God a praise in this house. Hallelujah. Give him praise to the one who brought you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Hallelujah, Jesus. You are worthy. You are worthy to be praised, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord, Grace Gospel Worship Center. I greet everyone in the lovely name of Jesus, thanking him for who he is and all that he has done. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. Uh, before I go any further, I just want to give honor to our pastor, even though we already did our presentation. Uh, just give honor to the man of God today. To kind of piggyback off of what Sister Johnson was saying, it takes a special kind of person to really be a true shepherd. Many people carry the title of pastor, but a lot of people don't do it for the right reasons. But this man right here, Pastor Alan Reynolds, is truly a man of God. Truly a man after God's heart, and is truly a man of the people. Amen? Hallelujah. And I just want to give honor to our first lady, Sister Tammy Reynolds. I don't know if she's in the room at the moment. She is the one who asked me to preach this morning. Um, and I counted it a privilege to be able to come before the church or to come before anybody and share the word of God. So I give honor to our first lady today in Jesus' name. Amen? So when I was asked to, to speak this morning, I figured, I assumed I would be speaking about our pastor. But as I began to get into the word and, and really get this message out, God kind of went in a different direction. As you sometimes do when you think you're going to do something or think you're going to say something, God says, oh, no, I want you to go this way. I want you to do this. So my main scripture text today is going to come out of the book of John, uh, chapter 10, uh, verses 1 through 5, and then 7 through 16. Hallelujah. Hit the sound booth. Has that up ready? Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger they will not follow but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. Verse 7. Then Jesus said unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that have ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved, and go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not before to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Hallelujah. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is an hireling, which is a hired servant, and that is not the shepherd who's own, who own the sheep. Let me back up. Going a little bit too fast. But he that is an hireling and not the shepherd who's own the sheep are not. Seeth the wolf coming, and leaveth the sheep, and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth him, and he scatter, and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth, because he is not an hireling, and careth not for the sheep. See, those are the kind of 
pastors I spoke of earlier just carry a title don't have a heart for the people don't have a heart for the people of God they just carry a title and that's all they're in it for verse 14 says I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine verse 15 as the father knoweth me even so I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep verse 16 and other sheep I have which are not of this fold them also I must bring and they shall hear my voice and they shall be of one fold and one shepherd. Amen. The title of this message will be simply the good shepherd. I have another portion of scripture. You can go ahead and be seated. Coming out of Luke chapter 15 verses 4 through 6. And what man of you having a hundred sheep. If he loses one of them does not leave the ninety nine in the wilderness. And go after the one which is lost until he finds it. Verse 5, and when he has found it, he sit, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. Verse 6, and when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found the sheep which was lost. Amen? Hallelujah. So in the initial scripture text, John chapter 10, Jesus begins his excerpt of scripture by making one thing very clear. There is only one way in which the sheep will enter the sheepfold. I'm sorry, the shepherd, excuse me. The shepherd will only enter in through the door. Amen? He will not climb in through the window. He will not climb in through the attic. He will not climb in through the back door or the basement. He will only climb in one way. And that is the way you know that he is a shepherd if he comes in by the door, by the front door. Because why would anyone with good intentions try to enter in any other way? There is no reason for anyone to try to enter through the window or through the door unless they have bad intentions. Verse 1 tells us that he who enters some other way is a thief and a robber. Most often when you hear of somebody breaking into somebody's home, nine times out of ten they came in in a way that wasn't through the front door. Why is that? I would say that the front door of the house is oftentimes the most exposed. You know, other people around the neighborhood can see the front door more than they can see any part of your house. So, the thief is more likely to be caught if he tries to enter in through the front. See, the enemy of your soul works the same way. He won't come in ways that are completely obvious to you. See, the enemy is cunning in every way. Genesis chapter 3 says that he is more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God hath made. But I said to myself, I said, what does the word cunning mean? Because, you know, I've heard it used, I've used it myself, but never really looked up to see what that actually means. And the definition I found is skill in achieving one's ends by deceit or evasion. So the enemy of your soul is going to be very slick with his approach. He can't be quite obvious, you know, say, hey, how you doing? Just, you know, coming up to saying something that's so obvious, like, oh, that's so out of left field. Oh, you know, you don't have to do that. See, you know, it feels good. You know, you don't have to, you don't have to do anything in the name of Jesus. So let's go to Genesis chapter 3. Verses 1 through 5, if the sound booth can pull that up, please. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said ye shall not eat of the tree of the garden? Verse 2, And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said you shall not eat, nor shall you touch it, lest ye die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened 
and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. See, those things that the enemy says, she probably had never considered before, in my humble opinion. Only thing that Eve knew was that God told her and Adam not to eat of the forbidden fruit. But let's pay close attention to what he says there. He said, God knows in the day that you eat it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Now, me, it makes sense that, you know, if you eat the fruit, you'll know good and evil. The name of the tree is literally the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So it made sense. And the devil, the devil will do that. He will sometimes give you stuff that is true, but twist it in such a way that makes it manipulating to you. Amen? If we go down to verse 6, we see that the Bible says it was pleasant to the eyes. In my opinion, that is not something that Eve had ever considered. As I said, all she knew was God told her and Adam not to eat of the fruit. But you see, that's how the enemy works. He's very subtle. Every if every temptation was obvious, nine, nine, 99 times out of 100, we probably wouldn't fall for it. You know, maybe one time out of every 100, you, you may fall for it. But if you are in the Word like you should be, if the enemy's tactics were quite obvious, we probably wouldn't fall for it. See, he has to come a different way. He has to come in a way that we are not expecting. He has to come in a way that we don't see coming in order for his plan to work. You know, there's nothing subtle about coming through the front door. As we said, the shepherd is the one who comes through the front door, and that's how the sheep know that it is their shepherd. But see, there's nothing subtle about coming through the front door. In this day and age, I can probably assume that maybe 65% of you all have a ring doorbell from Amazon. I don't even know what those are. You have the app on your phone. If somebody comes within 10 feet of your house, you can look and see. Oh, okay, I see UPS just dropped off my package. I see Amazon just dropped off another package. They don't even have to be at your door. They can come within maybe 10 or 15 feet, and you get a little ding-a-ding -ding on your phone. Some of y'all's ding-a-dings be ringing during church. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Lord, help. I'm not the shepherd. Please forgive me. But you see, the shepherd is the one that comes through the front door. John chapter 10, verse 2 says, But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. The one who is by no means intending to cause you any harm is the one who enters through the door. Verse 3 says, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls them by name and leads them out. But how do the sheep know it's him? Because they've been with him, and he's been with them. See, if the sheep and the shepherd aren't together, they wouldn't know his voice. There's no way you can have, you can be separated from your shepherd and know his voice at the same time. It just doesn't work. It does not work. The sheep will always know the voice of the shepherd. Now, see, the shepherd has to do something, too. If the shepherd is leading the sheep, if the sheep are listening, then they will know the difference between the voice of the shepherd and the voice of the wolf. See, what the shepherd does, the shepherd guides, the shepherd corrects, the shepherd feeds, the shepherd protects the sheep. See, the good shepherd, Jesus Christ, he will not lead you astray. He will keep watch over your soul. He will keep watch over his sheep. Now that I think about it, some of this can apply to our pastor as well. He feeds us the word of God. He watches over our soul. He protects us. He prays for us. He comes to us when we need him. Come on, church. We know it's true. Hallelujah. Verse 5 of John chapter 10 tells us that the sheep will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. If all sheep in this world were like that, this world would probably be in a much better place. You know, we all are sheep. 
It just depends on who our shepherd is. So if we have the good shepherd, if we know the good shepherd, then when the voice of the lies come, when the temptation comes, when the deceit comes, we will know, no, that's not the voice of my shepherd. That's not the voice of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For I know his voice, but this voice I hear talking to me is unfamiliar. Let me go up to the other side. Let me walk away. Let me turn away from the voice that's trying to lead me astray. Hallelujah. But see, that only works if you have an ear for the shepherd. That only works if you haven't shut off the shepherd, if you haven't cut off the lines of communication between you and your shepherd. See, the voice of the stranger will lead the sheep away if they hear that. Excuse me. The voice of a stranger will lead the ship, lead the sheep away if they give ear to that voice. But see, the voice that we must give ear to is the voice of our shepherd. In verse chapter in verse nine, it says, Jesus says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. See, if you come through Jesus, you will have life. If you come through Jesus, you will have salvation. If you come through Jesus, you will find everything that you need. Hallelujah. Psalm chapter 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. And I want to pause right there. He leads me beside the still waters. What that says to me is peace. See, when the waters are still, that means there's peace. When there are waves and there are storms of life are coming at you, that's not peace. You see the waves coming, you see everything going in destruction, that's not peace. But see, the Lord our God, our good shepherd, will lead us beside the still waters, the waters of peace. When you're in the middle of your storm, he will lead you to peace. He will say to the storm, peace be still. Amen. And it also says, he restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. It doesn't say, yea, if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. That means you're going to have some valleys in your life. That means you're going to have to go through some things in your life. But you're going to fear no evil because our good shepherd, he's with us. Amen? For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. That's what we know a shepherd always has a rod or a staff or something. See, when the sheep get a little bit out of line, he takes that staff. And he kind of pulls him, pulls him this way. Now, naturally, in the natural eye, you think something's coming about your neck, pulling you in another direction. It doesn't really feel good physically. But see, it's comforting because he's bringing you back into the sheepfold. He's bringing you back into light. He's bringing you back into truth. He's bringing you back into a circumference of safety, which is in the sheepfold. And it may not be comforting to your physical body, but it'll definitely bring comfort to your soul because you know everything you need is within that sheepfold. Everything you need is within the house of God. Amen. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. That means you're going to look good in front of the people who are against you. God's going to smile upon you in the midst of your enemies. Amen. You anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. Excuse me not to disrupt the flow. Can I get, actually, never mind. I'm just going to ask for some water. Ram in the bush, amen. <laughs> amen. Talk back to me. It might take me a little while to get through it if y'all don't talk back to me. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I do, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 
Sometimes you, you get in this race and it seems like you're running and running and running and something is chasing you. Something is always behind you. You hear the footsteps. Can I tell you that's goodness and mercy following you all the days of your life. Amen. Everything we just read in that, in that scripture, Psalm 23, a stranger can't do any of those things for you. That wolf that whispers lies into your ear can't do that for you. The only thing he wants to do is bring deceit. only thing he wants to do is turn you away from the truth. See, only a stranger has one goal. John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus says the thief comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Amen? So when you hear a voice that is contrary to the voice of the shepherd, if you hear anything that goes against this word right here, you know that is the voice of the enemy. You know that he is trying to either kill something in you, steal something from you, or destroy what God has birthed in you. And if we give ear to that voice, it's a dangerous place. If we give ear to that voice, that's when we start to get away from the sheepfold. And when we get away from the sheepfold, that's when that rod gets us back where we need to be. That's when that rod gets us back into the sheepfold. That's when that rod brings us back into truth. That's when that rod brings us back into the presence of God. But you see, something has to happen. When that rod begins to get on our neck and begin to pull us back, we can't resist. We can't resist. It's going to make it even worse. It's tension pulling in two different directions. That's going to make it even worse for you. So you have to allow the shepherd to do what he's supposed to do. You have to allow the shepherd to speak into your life and say, hey, Going over there, that's dangerous. Why don't you come back over here where, where, it's, where there's light? Going over there, that's darkness. I want, don't go over there. I want you to come back over here where there's light. Go over there, there's death. I want you to come back over here where there's life and life more abundantly. Don't go over there. there there's just so many things in this world that's going to destroy you. So many things that's going to kill you. Maybe not naturally, but spiritually it's going to kill you. And a good shepherd will always have that rod to bring you back in. Amen? Verse 10 goes on to say, I, being Jesus, have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. See, the thief, the enemy of your soul, has come to rob you of that abundant life. He wants to bring destruction to your life, to your home, and to your family. And it'll happen if we're not careful. If we don't remain within the circumference of the sheepfold, all hell could break loose in our lives, church. I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen. Verse 11 says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. There is only one who died for you and I. There is only one who took the penalty for our sin. There was only one who was whipped and beaten and hammered nails into his hands and put a crown of thorns into his head. There was only one who had the power. Even after all that happened, he was buried and died. But there was only one who had the power to rise up from the dead. You know, our lamb, our perfect lamb, Jesus Christ, lived a sin, sinless life. He was literally God manifested in the flesh. He was God robed in human flesh. So although he had the same thing we've got here, he was still God himself. Therefore, he lived a life without sin. So he did not deserve the penalty of sin. He did not deserve to have those nails into his hand. He did not deserve to have those nails in his feet. He did not have deserve to have his side pierced. He did not deserve a crown of thorns being bashed into his head. But the Bible says that I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for his sheep. 
He did that. He endured that so we didn't have to, church. Even though each and every one of us in this room, including me, could have deserved that ten times over for all the sin that I've done. But Jesus, thank God he doesn't treat us like our sins deserve. Amen? Thank God when he looks at us, he doesn't see our mess. Thank God when he looks at us, he doesn't see everything we can't do. Thank God when he looks at us, he sees his child. He sees a future that he has planned for us. He sees everything we could be with him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Because, see, if God looked at us and saw everything that we weren't, saw everything that we couldn't do, saw every flaw, saw every mistake, I certainly wouldn't be up here on this platform. None of you would be in the news. Sister Tiana wouldn't have been on that keyboard this morning. Sister Brittany wouldn't have been in that drum cage this morning. Sister Tyler wouldn't have been leading worship this morning. Our two praise singers, Brother Josh and Sister Naomi, wouldn't have been singing praise unto the Lord this morning. But see, God saw the best in us, even when we couldn't see it in ourselves. He's the one who gave his life that we may have life more abundantly. That we may walk in the calling that he has placed on our lives. Because if he hadn't, if he hadn't done that, if it hadn't been for Jesus, I can't even tell you where I would be, church. I can't tell you where I would be. I don't know. But it is through the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. It is through the blood of Jesus. They sang about that blood this morning. There's another old song that says, what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Jesus, who is our good shepherd, gave his life for us because that's what a good shepherd does. The word literally says, I am the good shepherd. I give my life for my sheep. A good shepherd will not abandon his sheep, leaving them as open prey for the wolves. Verse 12 of John chapter 10 says, a hireling, which is the hired servant or one who is not the shepherd of the sheep, sees the wolf coming and he flees. He sees danger coming and he goes the other way. That doesn't sound like a shepherd to me. That doesn't sound like a shepherd to me, church. See, someone who does not care for your soul will leave you and flee at the first sign of trouble. Somebody who only takes the role of a pastor for a paycheck. Huh. <laughs> when the first sign of trouble comes, he says, oh, well, pray about it. I don't have anything to tell you. I don't got nothing for you. You're supposed to be the shepherd. You're supposed to be the watchman over my soul. I'm coming at you. Well, let me pause. Let me reverse. Anytime trouble comes, yes, do pray about it. Take it to the Lord. Yes. But you have a shepherd for a reason. He's a watchman over your soul. Amen? So if you come to your shepherd, he says, oh, just pray about it. I don't have anything to tell you. I think you might be in the wrong sheepfold, buddy. I think you might have to find another shepherd who truly cares about your soul. Amen? But see, we don't have that problem here at Grace Gospel. You don't have that problem here because we have an amazing shepherd, Alan Reynolds, and the ultimate shepherd, Jesus Christ. Amen? See, Jesus... He is the protector of the sheep. He does not allow harm to come near them. When the wolf comes, he will either slay the wolf or he will lead the sheep away from the wolf. Amen? 
verse number 14 says, he knows his sheep and the sheep know him. See, that's how he can lead them because they know him. You will not follow someone whom you don't know. Well, at least you shouldn't follow someone you don't know. That's why the Bible says, know them that labor among you. Amen? Your shepherd, he knows you. Your shepherd has seen you grow. Your shepherd has been there in your highs and in your lows. Your shepherd wants the best for you, and he will lead you towards the best. See, a stranger cannot effectively lead you because he does not know you. A stranger does not have a relationship with you. A stranger only comes for one thing, that is to bring destruction. That is to interrupt the flow of the Holy Ghost in your life. That is to interrupt the plans that God has set in motion for you. See, Jesus, he knows us. He sees the best and the worst in us, and yet he still chooses us. Isn't that amazing? See, most people in this society, they see your flaws. They say, oh, no, pass, on to the next. When you go for a job interview, if you don't have every qualification that they're looking for, ah, no, on to the next. I'll find somebody better than you. But see, Jesus, Jesus doesn't do that. Jesus looks at every mistake and says, come, I can heal you. Come, I can make you whole. Come, I can restore everything that has been broken in you. See, Jesus, Jesus is not like any other man I've ever met. Even some of the best human beings at some point will fail you. But Jesus, he will never fail. See, we were lost in our sin. And he died for us that we might be made free from our sin. He loves us whether we choose to love him back or not. See, that's what true love is. True love is not conditional. True love is not based upon something you, you're going to do for me or, or otherwise. True love is I'm choosing to love you no matter what. I'm choosing to love you no matter what. No matter whatever mistake you might make in the future, no matter if you may go left when I told you to go right, or you go right when I told you to go left, I'm going to love you anyway. And when you mess up, when you mess up, you know where you can come and find me. I'm going to be right here. I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. Even when you make every mistake in the world, even things you know you're not supposed to do, even if you do them, I'm still going to be right here waiting for you, saying, come home. Come home. Come home, my sheep. Come home. Hallelujah. See, Jesus has already made his choice about you. He has never changed his mind, nor will he ever change his mind. You see, it doesn't matter what we have done or what we will do, even if we choose not to love him back. As I said before, Jesus is God manifested in the flesh. So he knows all, sees all, past, present, and future. When he was on that cross, he knew who was going to choose him, and he knew who wasn't going to choose him. Yet he made that salvation available for everyone. Amen? See, even if we choose not to love him back, his love is already poured out, church. It's already been made known. It's already been set in motion. We talk about how much he cares for his sheep, cares for his own sheep. But guess what, church? He even desires those who are not in the sheepfold. If we go to verse number 16, it says, And the other sheep which I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring. And they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. See, the last part of that verse, that last part really stuck out to me. And if we go to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 4 and 5, you'll see why. There is one body and one spirit, 
just as you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. Amen? See, that's what, that's what came out to me when it says there will be one flock and one shepherd. See, when I hear those excerpts of Scripture, to me that says there is one church, there is one Lord, and there is one way to be brought into that sheepfold. There is no other way, church. There is one gospel, and there is one way to salvation. Paul said in Galatians chapter 1, verse 8, But even if we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. So Paul had already laid the foundation. He had already been preaching the gospel. So those people had already heard the good news. He said, even if we or I preach anything else unto you, let him be accursed. Now, that, that, that's a little bit interesting to me because I wouldn't tell anybody to curse me. I wouldn't say, hey, no matter what I say, even if I say something different than what I said before, let me be accursed. That's kind of, that just don't seem right to me in my own flesh. Like I said, I would never tell nobody to curse me. I don't want you to curse me. Cursings don't feel good. When you're driving on the highway and somebody don't let you over, you see them flipping all kinds of fingers at you. You can read lips. You can know when somebody's cursing at you when you're on the road. And I don't know about you, but me, that doesn't feel good to me. When this flesh rises up, I'll be wanting to say stuff back to them. See, that's the D.C. in me. I was born and raised in D.C., so, you know, you say something to me, you might, something might happen to you. But, but God. But God, a lot of times, I'm going to share this little, this little funny thing here. I don't know what show it is, but I think it might have been like Gilmore Girls or something, where there's three elderly ladies. Y'all know the show? I think it came on TV Land or something. Golden Girls, there we go. So I saw a meme. Do y'all know what memes are? Everybody familiar with memes? It's like a picture, and then there's text describing what's going on in the picture. So one of the Golden Girls, she was in the middle, right? So the one was in the middle. And there were two other golden girls on the side of her. The one on this side was kind of just looking, you know, like, okay, just going on with the flow. The one in the middle looked like she was about to say something, right? And then the one on this side had her hand over the girl's mouth, right? And she was like, the one in the middle is about to, like, go off or do something to somebody. In the picture, the text said, when something bad happens to you, it'd be you in the middle trying to say something to somebody. But then the Holy Ghost is over and says, uh-uh, uh-uh, shut your mouth, shut your mouth, don't say it, don't do it, don't go there. But see, that's how, that's how it works when you're in the sheepfold. That's how it works when you know the shepherd and the shepherd knows you. See, you will give ear to his voice. When he tells you to be quiet, you're going to be quiet. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. But like I said, let's go back to what Paul was saying in, in Galatians 1.8. If anybody preaches to you any other gospel than what we have preached, let him be accursed. So that tells me that there is one gospel. If there's anything that is preached contrary to the one gospel, whoever is preaching that word is cursed. So, what is the gospel, you might ask? The gospel is the good news. The good news is that Jesus loves you. And that he died on the cross to show you that love. He died so that we all might have the chance to be part of his sheepfold. In closing, if the praise team may get ready. So in order to be a part of that sheepfold, we must place our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Believing that he was a sacrificial lamb that died for our sin and rose again. Acts chapter 16, verse 31, if we can pull that up, please. It says, so they 
even the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. See, that's a promise. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved. It doesn't say believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you are saved. That's a promise, which means it's going to happen in the future. It's coming. It's coming. Doesn't mean it's here yet, but it's coming. So if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be saved. That is a promise from the Word of God. Amen? If we want to be saved, we must come through Jesus. Going back to John chapter 10, verse 9, Jesus says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. The only way to be saved is through Jesus. He illustrated what he must do in order to be saved. He died. He was buried, and he rose again. So therefore, in response to that, first we already believe that he is, he is the Savior. He is the one who sacrificed. He is the one who died and rose again. Once we have that belief and faith in our heart, then it says we must repent. That is the death, repenting of our sins. That is dying out to sin. We must be baptized. That is the burial. You following what I'm saying here? See, Jesus died on the cross. He was buried in the ground. So we must die in repentance to sin. We must be buried in baptism in the name of Jesus. And then we must receive the Holy Ghost, which is the resurrection. We all know that Jesus rose on the third day. Amen? Acts chapter 2, verse 38 says, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That is the way to life, church. That is the will of our shepherd. That is why he went to the cross. That is what he died for, that we might accept this truth and be brought into the sheepfold. If you all could stand as I continue to close out here. See, accepting and following this truth is a stepping stone towards being able to know him. Baba says, Jesus, being the shepherd, knows his sheep, and they know him. The way you can get to know him is by following that plan that was laid out. As I said many times, Jesus knows his sheep, and his sheep know him. But without these steps, without following these steps, we cannot know him, and he will not know us. The good shepherd, he wants you. He desires to lead you. He wants to be that voice in your life to say, Come to me, and I will give you rest. Cast your cares upon me, for I care for you. I am the good shepherd, and I have come to give you life. Follow me, and let me guide you. Let me fulfill my plans in you. I am not here to harm you. I am here to heal you. I am here to mold you and make you new. Baba says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. When we follow the plan that Jesus has laid out, we become new. As I was saying before, when Jesus looks at us, he doesn't see our past. He sees our future. He sees everything that we can become if we follow him. That is why he went to the cross. He went to the cross that we may have more life and have it more abundantly. He didn't go to the cross so we can die in our sin also. If we were going to die in our sin all along, then there was no need for him to go to the cross. That's not his plan, church. If Jesus already paid the penalty for your sin, why would you want to also pay that same penalty? There's no reason to pay penalty that's already been paid off. If you buy a car, right? 
If you buy a car, let's say for whatever reason you can't pay it off, your dad or somebody pays it off, that'll preach a little bit. Dad, we got a car bed that we might need to pay off. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just being funny to keep your attention. You know what I mean? Just trying to keep your attention. But seriously, seriously, if, if you have a debt that you're not able to pay and somebody else pays it off for you, what reason would you have to try to pay that debt? It's already been paid. It's already been paid, church. You can take that money that you have and use it for something else. So if Jesus already paid the penalty for your sin, there's no reason for you to pay that penalty also. The only thing for you to do is to respond to the word that has been preached. I'm going to open the altars right now as our praise team begins to sing. As I said, all things are new when you come to Christ. All things, old things are passed away and everything has become new. Won't you come? Jesus is here. Won't you come? Hallelujah, Jesus. Yes, Jesus is calling. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. If you're thirsty, Jesus is calling you to come sup. Come drink of the waters of life. Hallelujah, Jesus. Overwhelmed by the weight of his sin, Jesus is calling. Have you come to the end of yourself? Do you thirst for a drink from the well? Jesus is calling. Oh, come to the altar, the Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness, forgiveness of sins was bought with the, the price that he paid on Calvary. That blood that was shed paid the debt for your sin and my sin. Hallelujah, Jesus. mistake you made. Leave it behind. Leave it at the altar. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, God, you are able to renew and you are able to restore, Jesus. Lord, God, I want to trade my sorrows and take your joy. Hallelujah, Jesus. Jesus is calling. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was brought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Open to you don't have to live in your sin anymore. You don't have to live with the shame of every mistake you've made. God will forgive you. God will make you new. God will make you whole. He will restore what the enemy has destroyed. Hallelujah, Jesus. The altar, the Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was brought with the precious. 
Yes, hallelujah. The blood that he shed paid the debt for our sin. We can have freedom. We can have freedom in Jesus. He wants us to be a part of his sheepfold. He wants to be that guiding voice in our hearts, leading us to life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. is our resurrection. He don't know about Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, God, I thank you for your blood. 